Good evening, brethren. Welcome to the first life class in the month of October, our month of emergence. We give God all the praise. I see you emerging out of the shadows into the light in the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm so elated this Wednesday evening because I'm starting a new series that's going to bless you, that's going to turn your life around. I'm laying a strong foundation today for the series in the month of October. It's the Mind the Gap series. Mind the Gap. So today, we are starting that series. We are laying a strong foundation And the foundation I'm laying is titled, There is a Gap. You're going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles very quickly to the book of Ezekiel and chapter 22, verse 30. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. It says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me, on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 to 10 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Back to verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. There is a gap. Even in this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, we see that we as believers live in the midst of contradiction. We have great treasure within us, but this treasure is kept within earthen vessels. You would have thought that treasure would be kept within a vault or somewhere that is so heavily secured. But God chooses to put great treasure in the midst of earthen vessels. Yeah, And this creates the tension, creates the contradiction, and creates the reality of a gap. A gap between the great treasure that's inside us and the frailty of the earthen vessel that carries that great treasure. There is a gap. In, in, the, in the scripture we read just now, we see that our reality is that we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. This is the tension that we have. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places, but we still have to live and walk upon the earth. Seated with Christ in heavenly places, yet we're still walking here on the earth. There's a gap between the promise and the fulfillment, between the prophecy and its realization. There is a gap between revelation and elevation. There is a gap between the declaration of faith and the actualization of restoration. There is a gap. And as I lay the foundation for the series this month, the Mind the Gap series, I want to get us to see and start to understand that there is a gap and we've got to address that gap.
Let's pray. Mighty Father, I yield my members over to you even right now. I ask that you anoint me afresh. I stir up the giftings within. I ask for the door of utterance to be wide opened unto me. I pray that revelation will flow freely as I teach this evening, unhindered by any demonic force or power in the name of Jesus, that we will see new truth, that there will be great light illuminating our lives and bringing us to a new level of experience with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that which you do tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for joining in tonight's life class. You are about to be blessed. Amen and amen. Right from the beginning and right from the book of Genesis, we see that our God always had a restoration plan for us. He was well aware that man was going to fall. And even as man was falling, he was already putting into play a restoration plan for uh, man. Even when God had to pronounce judgment upon Adam and Eve for their disobedience, in the midst of the words of judgment, there was yet the unveiling of a redemption, a restoration plan. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, we read that, and I, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This was prophetic. He was already speaking right at the beginning about the seed of the woman. Not the seed of the man, the seed of the woman. He was speaking about Jesus because Jesus, Jesus is the seed of the woman. No human man was involved in his con con conception because the New Testament tells us that Mary had the Holy Spirit come upon her and that's how she conceived. So Jesus was the seed of the woman and he says that the, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent and to bruise the head is to totally defeat while the serpent would only be able to bruise his heel, which he did on, on the cross of Calvary. So right from the beginning, we see that there is a restoration plan by God. God had a plan to restoration. It was never just going to be about redemption. It was also going to be about restoring. The intent is a complete restoration of everything that man had lost. The plan was to bring us back to the original intent. Now, Jesus came to bring restoration. Uh, and this we should understand because we've experienced a lot of loss in the last number of months. And I want to encourage somebody even tonight that our God is a God of restoration and he's bringing restoration into your life in the name of Jesus. Even in the, before the year 2021 is done, you will experience great restorations in the mighty name of Jesus. He wants to take us back to how he originally intended for it to be. But it's even going to be better than that. But let me emphasize, he wants to bring us back to the image and likeness of God as we were meant to be, back to fruitfulness, multiplication, filling the earth, subduing it, back to dominion, back to an intimate relationship with God, back to an accurate representation of God upon the earth, back to the divine assignment, back to ruling with whatever you, over the earth, back to the right relationships. This was, is God's plan. But guess what? When God works restoration, he does not restore like man restores. 
You see, when man is going to restore something to you, he simply gives you back whatever it is that you lost. But when God is going to restore, he moves you forward. He restores you to better than you were before. The word of God lets us know in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, as it is written, the first Adam became a living being or a living soul, while the last Adam, who is Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. So God is restoring us to the original intent, but better than the original intent because we are no longer conformed or formed after the image of the first Adam, which is from the earth and earthy. Now we are transformed to be conformed to the image of the last Adam, Jesus Christ, who is a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. So we are going back Back to go forward. Oh, hallelujah. He's taking you back to move you forward, to move you higher than you used to be before. In the restoration plan, we start getting back to, we don't just get back to the first Adam status, but we move beyond the first Adam status to the last Adam status, which is that of a life-giving spirit. The first Adam was simply a living soul, but the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. What is the significance of this? The first Adam was limited um, to only being able to pass things down through procreation because he was only a living soul. But the last Adam's life is totally different. It is totally transferable and impartable um, by the word of faith and the reception of faith. So now we as believers are life-giving spirits ourselves. We are able to pass what we have onto others by faith, by the pronouncement, by the declarations of faith, by the word of faith. And if it is, if what we speak is received by faith, then it is transferred. If you receive the words I'm speaking to you, even tonight by faith, you receive it instantaneously, immediately. Where the first Adam's life was earthbound, the last Adam's life was heaven found. Hallelujah. The first Adam's life was, was, was operated from below while the last Adam's life operates from above. The first Adam's life was a, was a man's life uh, and the life of the last Adam is God's life. It's a Zoe life. It's God's kind of life. It's the last Adam's status that God wants to restore us to. This is the end game of God's restoration mandate, prophecy, and plan in our lives is to restore us to supernatural living. I decree and declare you're going to move above the natural and step into supernatural living and reigning in this life as God always intended for it to be. However, there is a gap between the prophecy and our reality, a gap between the promises and our experience a whole lot of the time. Very often, my revelation is counter-distinctive or contra-distinctive to my situation. Very often, they don't marry. Too often, I am caught in the gap between my revelation and my situation torn between where to stand and more often my situation seems to be more compelling uh, than my revelation. So we are all caught between or often caught between the revelation and the situation. 
in my revelation, I am blessed. But in my situation, I feel cursed. In my revelation, I am lifted, but my situation says that I am downcast. In my revelation, I am rich, but in my situation, I am poor. In my revelation, I have been healed, but in my situation, my body is racked with pains and symptoms. In my revelation, I am the victor, but in my situation, I seem to be the victim. Victim. In my revelation, I have everything that I need, but in my situation, I seem to lack. In my revelation, I know I'm married, but or I'm going to be married, but in my situation, I am very lonely as a single. In my revelation, I'm the parent of children, but in my situation, I'm not yet pregnant. In my revelation, I am the head and not the tail, but in my situation, I'm at the bottom. In my revelation, I am ahead, but in my situation, I seem to be behind. In my revelation, I'm a property owner, but in my revelation, in my situation, I'm still a squatter. In my revelation, I am spot for choice as to what to wear, but in my situation, I have very limited options. In my revelation, I drive in luxury, but in my situation, I'm dependent on other people to take me to where I want to go. So my revelation is contradistinctive to my situation. There is a gap between the two and this is frustration. My situation is trying to submerge my revelation. I hope I'm talking to somebody tonight where you feel as if your situation is trying to submerge your revelation. My situation is trying to drown my revelation. I refuse to let my revelation be drowned. But this lets me know that there is a gap. I've got a gap. You've got a gap. We've got to be honest enough to admit that there is a gap. In fact, when I look around the world, I realize that there are gaps everywhere. And I'm not talking about the fashion store. (laughs) There are gaps everywhere. Gaps don't just exist in our personal life situations, but they are also apparent in the whole of society. Gaps on the left, gaps on the right. In fact, I like to say that London is a gap city. There are certain phrases and fixtures that have become synonymous with London. But one of the phrases that is obviously powerfully synonymous with London is mind the gap. Somebody type in the feed right now, Facebook, YouTube, mind the gap. There is a gap between the platform and the train. Mind the gap. There is a gap. There are gaps everywhere and you've got to mind the gap. This is going to make sense before we are done with this series. This ancient city of London, I love the city of London. It's amazing to me when I walk around the streets of London, looking at the various buildings, the beautiful building. I look at the town planning, the, the, the structure. When I consider the subway system of, of, of London, how intricate, how how precise, how mind-blowing it is, the amount of planning that has gone into this great ancient city called London. But I realize that in when you look at this ancient city, it's a gap city. 
because there's a gap even in the city between the old and the new. It's in this city that you will see an ancient building right next to an to a brand new modern building. And even though they are juxtaposed and next to one another, they are yet worlds apart. There is a gap. There is in this city a gap between the haves and the have-nots. There's a gap between high society and low society. And often they are so close together and you can't see the gap, but the gap is there. There's a gap between the consumer and the producer. There's a gap between the government and the people. And we're often frustrated about that because sometimes it feels like the government is so far removed from the feelings of the people because there is a gap. A lot of the persons in government have never gone through the pains that the populace goes through. They often have lived very privileged lives from their youth to their adulthood. There is a gap. There is a gap in this city. There are gaps under the same roof. Can you see it? The gaps. Living in the same city, worshipping in the same church, yet there are often gaps between us. There's a gap between the married and the singles, where the singles feel that the married no longer understand how it feels to be single. And the, 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 the married feel like the singles don't understand the, the pains of being, of being married and the responsibilities of being married. There's a gap between the husband and the wife where we, it's typically said that uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh, though we're speaking the same English language, there's a gap in our perception and our perspective. There is a gap between supply and demand in the world that we are living in today. And more often than not, there is more demand than there is supply. There is a gap between modern enlightenment and the corresponding positive changes in, uh, in our lifestyles. There is a gap. There's a gap between desire and fulfillment. Can you take a moment and look into your life and realize that even within you, there is a gap. Come on, somebody type in the feed right now, there is a gap. Uh, send a text to somebody and say, there is a gap. They'll ask you why. you tell them, tune in right now to House on the Rock London Midweek Life um, class. What is a gap? I'm going to quickly look at the dictionary. The gap says a, a, the dictionary says a gap is a break or a hole in an object or between two objects, an unfulfilled space or interval, a break in continuity, a conspicuous disparity or difference as between two figures, an open or empty space in or between things, a narrow opening, a pass between uh, mountain peaks, a difference, especially an unfortunate difference between two opinions or two views or two situations, a breach. Synonyms for gaps include an opening, aperture, space, breach, slit, slot, vent, crack, cavity, Hole, orifice, perforation, break, fracture, riff, rent, fissure, divide, intermission, interval, interlude, hiatus, 
um, omission, blank, lacuna, void, chasm, gulf, split, separation, discontinuity, disjunction, interruption. These are all synonyms for gap. There is a gap. This is a gap. Now, in an attempt to classify gap, gaps, we can classify gaps as external and internal. Yeah, that's trying to classify it very broadly. And ultimately, I believe that all external gaps are traceable to internal gaps. Uh, but there is some value in analyzing and understanding external gaps. And I'm going to quickly deal with a few of the external gaps that we see for every day. Today, there are so many contentions in the world all around the perceived gaps in society and right now with the advent of social media uh, as a pervasive platform where everybody engages and is borderless we 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 see more clearly the gauging gap between people and between um, classes uh, most external gaps have to do with real and perceived injustices inequalities and huge disparities uh, there's there are huge class gaps and it's a frustration to many uh, where it's we are living in the same world yet we are living in different worlds uh, one of the oldest gaps in society is the the, the the that society struggles with is the gender gap the gap between the man and the woman men and women uh, where uh, there's a pay gap <laughs> between what a man doing the same job is paid and what a woman doing exactly the same job is paid and there's so much effort to to bridge those gaps in the day that we are living in uh, there are language gaps and that's a big one where we can't speak the same language we don't understand the same things uh, particularly uh, when foreigners come into the country sometimes they they speak a different language from the language that's in the land so there's a language gap. These are just a few examples of the external gaps that we face in the world and maybe possibly we're able to deal with a whole lot of the external gaps that there are in society. Uh, uh, worst case scenario, if I can't deal with an external gap, at least I can walk out on an external gap and, and go somewhere where that um, external gap does not exist. Uh, but the more serious gaps to deal with are the internal gaps. And a lot of the external gaps are actually traceable to internal gaps that we have within ourselves. One of the most critical internal gaps is the gap between your thoughts and your actions. Where the what you're thinking is different from the actions that you're taking. Apostle Paul put it this way. The good that I want to do, I do not do. And it is the bad that I do not want to do that I find myself doing. Romans chapter 7 and verse 19. There is a gap between intention and action. This is a frustrating gap where inside me I desire to do right. But when it comes to time to do it is the exact opposite of what I desire to do that I find myself doing. Of course, Paul ultimately in the book of Romans tells us the solution to this chasm, to this gap. 
and I will give you that answer before we are done with this series. There's often a gap between your thoughts and your words, your thoughts, your words, and your action. There's often a gap between your belief and the way that you live. These are all internal gaps. Gaps introduce us to the truth of contradiction, contradictions in our lives. And we start to see why we have to mind the gap. You know, a lot of time we're seated together um, celebrating the, 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 a particular football team, but there's a gap even between us and the players. It's so interesting how when your team wins a particular football match, you say, we won. Even though you never kicked a ball and you're not one of the 11 players that were on the pitch that day, you say, we won because you identify with the team. And you feel like you're one with the team. But if you check your take-home pay in comparison with any one of those players on the pitch in the Premier League, you know that there is a gap. Uh, I, I see fans and supporters almost ready to do anything in support of their team. Um, you see sometimes your team loses a match and the players are walking off the pitch, smiling, laughing, and hugging and shaking hands with the team that defeated them. Good sportsmanship, we say, but for the fan, it's like, my goodness, what's going on here? Because there's a gap in, even in the perception of what's going on. To you, it's, it's serious. To some other person, it's just a game. There is a gap. Now, a gap announces that something is missing. A gap announces that something is missing. A gap is created by something going missing. Something is missing. Help me type in the feed or ask somebody if the person is close to you, what is missing? There is a gap. Something is missing. Therefore, a gap analysis is necessary. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's an information gap. What's missing is information, a knowledge gap. What's missing is knowledge, an understanding gap. What's missing is understanding, revelation, a gap between my need and my seed, a, a, a companion gap. Something is missing. So anytime we are talking about gaps, we're saying something is missing, something is out of place. There's a gap between my thoughts and my words, between my intent and my action, between my words and my profession, between my expectation and my actualization, between people's perception of me and what I know about myself, between my self-perception and what God says that I am, between what I want to do and what I actually do, between my plan and my implementation, my ideal and my reality, my aspirations and my realization. So a gap analysis demands that I start to check what is missing. What is missing? What is, what is not there that has created this gap? And this is a good exercise to engage in. A lot of the time when you are caught between where you are and where you want to be, your gap analysis is for you to check that, okay, so what is missing that's going to take me from where I am to where I want to be. Now, there are many physical things that we can point to that this is missing, that is missing, and so on and so forth. But the real gap 
is the gap. This is the biggest gap in any man, any woman's life. The biggest gap that you have is the gap of not having God. There's a God-spaced gap in a lot of people's life. Uh, the, the fool says within himself, there is no God. That statement itself shows that there's a huge void and gap in their lives. This is what Adam and Eve lost when they sinned and fell short of the glory of God. A God-sized gap was created in their lives. And once the God gap is in your life, there is no real feeling of any other gap that's going to bring you fulfillment. This is the biggest gap that needs to be filled up. It's the God gap. And there are many things that we've been trying to use to fill that gap instead of God <laughs> oh my goodness in God is the filling of every other gap in life so if you get God you get all you need for all the other gaps in life but without God every other thing you're trying to use to make yourself feel good to make yourself fulfilled will not fulfill you and it's interesting that life abhors a vacuum so Naturally, we try to fill every gap we see in our lives. So once there's something missing, we try to put something else in to fill it up. A lot of the time we talk about an empty cup, but the truth be told is the cup is not empty. It's just full of something else. What's it full of? It's full of air. It's just not full of water. So also when God is missing in our life, we try to fill our lives up with other things. A lot of the time we fill our lives up with the wrong things. There is a gap. We fill the gaps in our life up with grumbling and with complaining. We fill uh, 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 the gaps in our lives up with the God gap with doubt and unbelief. We fill the gap with restlessness and wondering, with, with, the, with temporary lust and the pleasures of sin. And it only feels for a short while and instantaneously. In fact, it makes the gap even more, more felt immediately after that temporal satisfaction. Uh, we fill the gaps up with the love of money, uh, buy this, buy that, to just make ourselves feel good. Have you been filling the gaps in your life with the wrong things? Looking for love in all the wrong places, trying to fill that gap that only God can fill. The first gap and the most vital gap that must be filled in your life is the God gap. God is the right filling in your life. And if you can fill the God gap, every other gap will be dealt with. He says, this is God describing himself. He says that I am that I am. In other words, I can be whatever you need me to be, but you've got to get me first. And God has come and given himself to us through Christ Jesus. You've got to have fill the God gap even today. Jesus is the God, is the filler of the God gap. Hallelujah. The scripture lets us know that he is the repairer of the, of, of the breach. He's the repairer of the breach. What is a breach? It's a gap. It's a gap. 
Jesus is the repairer of the breach. Jesus bridges gaps. Jesus fills gaps. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. In our pilot text in Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30, it says that God sought for a man to stand in the gap that he might not destroy the land, but he found none. Now, let me quickly make that clear. I've taught you before, but it's good for me to repeat it again. The language of the Old Testament is different from the language of the New Testament. It is not so much that God was seeking to destroy the land. It was more because the Old Testament writer had no concept of of sin and the consequences of sin or of Satan and the devil. So everything had to be um, had, had to be God's doing. So it's God that's trying to destroy the land, according to the Old Testament writer. But we understand from a New Testament perspective that what it is, is that the wages of sin is death. There is cause and there is effect. So the people, the people of Israel, particularly in that text, had gone against the commandments of God, had gone into sin, had gone into idolatry, And that action, as surely as there's seed time, there is harvest, was what was attracting destruction. That was the natural result of their actions. Now, what the scripture is saying is that God was now looking for somebody that would be willing to stand in the gap to stop the destruction that was coming as a result of their wrong deeds. Do you get me what I'm saying right now? So they were looking and the scripture says that none was found. None was found. This was this was tragedy. This was terrible that there was none to stand in the gap. Revelations, it, it talks about one being sought that would be worthy to open up the seals. And initially none was found. And there was a great cry in the heavens that there was no one to fill the gap. No one to open the seals and cause the final accumulation of what needed to happen. But then, hallelujah, the scripture says the lion and the lamb stepped forward and he alone was found worthy to open the seal. So when no man could be found, oh, babiatas, when no man could be found that was worthy and that was ready and that could stand in the gap, God, God found himself. God found himself, God found himself a man that would stand in the gap for mankind and that man was Jesus the Christ. Jesus who knew no sin became sin that we who knew no righteousness might become the righteousness of God. So he came and he stood in the gap for us. (laughs) He ever liveth to make intercession, to stand in the gap for the saints. He stood in the gap for us. He bridged the gap. Jesus came to bridge the gap. Jesus is the gap filler. Jesus is the one that fills the God vacuum or the God gap in our lives. Jesus came to bridge uh, uh, the gap between your revelation and your situation, between promise and fulfillment, between prophecy and realization, between revelation and elevation, between declaration and restoration. Jesus The bridge builder and gap filler is here today. Even as I'm speaking, even as I'm teaching, even as I'm preaching, he is the gap filler and he wants to fill every gap in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. He is the gap filler. 
Now listen to what the Word of God tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. It says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus has reconciled us unto himself. Hallelujah. Uh, rather, God has reconciled us unto himself through Jesus. So Jesus is what is who God has used to reconcile us unto himself. Now you have to consider the word reconciliation. The word reconciliation there is like unto the word restoration. It is a gap-filling word. It's a gap-filling word. So, so Jesus is the reconciler. He is the gap-filler. Hallelujah. That, and Jesus has paid the price for us to be reconciled unto God. There was a huge gaping gap between man and God. Jesus, by paying the price that he paid for us on the cross of Calvary, bridged that gap. He filled up that gap. Jesus is the gap filler. Uh, and he has committed that same ministry, that same assignment of gap, gap filling to us. He has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next um, couple of weeks where you start to really understand your assignment after receiving the gap filler in your life. He fills the gap in your life and then he makes you also a gap filler. Yes, there are gaps everywhere all around us. That's a reality. Uh, but Jesus is the gap filler. And when we get with him, our gaps get filled. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember the woman at the, uh, at the well? had that conversation with Jesus and Jesus asked her for water and you know the whole conversation that went on and Jesus started saying that the water you're drinking now is only going to satisfy you for a while. I know you're thirsty but it's only going to satisfy you for a while. It's only a matter of time before you're thirsty again but the water that I give Woo! The water that I give, you will never thirst again. It will be within you a well of water. He is the ultimate gap filler. So many things you've been taking to try to satisfy your thirst and it doesn't help. Wrong relationships, it's not helping you. Sleeping with the wrong person, not helping helping you. Uh, all sorts of things, alcohol, um, drugs, all sorts of craziness, trying to fill a gap that cannot be filled. Even when you get a temporary reprieve, you know it's temporary. You know that it's just a matter of time before the thirst returns. But Jesus is the gap filler who gives living water from which you will not First again, it will be within you a well of living water, rivers flowing within you. So even in the days where you are, you are feeling burnt out, he's there to fill you up once again. You've got to get with the true gap filler. You've got to submit your life totally to him. I don't know what gaps there are in your life right now. What gaps you're really feeling. What gaps are really hitting you hard right now and making you feel discombobulated. I want to let you know that Jesus is well aware of those gaps and he is the gap filler. He's ready 
to fill those gaps, but you've got to accept him first. You've got to surrender to him first. You've got to put him first in your life and then watch him deal with those other gaps. Hallelujah. 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 There is a gap, but there is a gap filler. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Let him fill the gaps in your life even today. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen and amen. I want to give this opportunity to somebody under the sound of my voice that hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior and has been struggling and has been using all sorts of other things to try to fill the gap in their lives. I want to let you know that that gap, only Jesus can fill it. You need to surrender your life to him even today. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price you paid. Thank you for being the gap filler. Today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart and I make this confession with the words of my mouth. Therefore, by faith, I am now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, you are indeed born again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we want to help you to grow in the Lord. We want you to help you to become a mature son of God. So please directly reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or on the details that are on the screen now. And let's get beside you and help you to grow. And let me tell you one of the things that is key to your growth. You need to be planted in the house of the Lord. For it is he that is planted in the house of the Lord that will flourish in the court. So you've got to get to a local assembly and get connected so that you can grow thereby in the mighty name of Jesus. We can't close out tonight's service without giving an opportunity for you to give towards the work of the Lord. Um, the details on the various ways in which you can give are now being shown on the screen. Please choose the one that is most preferred by you. I want to encourage you not to hold back. Early this month, I want you to give. Give generously. Give in faith. Sow a seed and trust God that he's going to bring harvest in your life. You're not giving out of fear. You're giving in faith. You're not giving because you feel you're not already blessed. You are already blessed. And it's actually because you know you are blessed that you are giving. And it's going to provoke uh, uh, God's favor upon your endeavors and the knowledge of witty invention shall be given to you. I pray right now for every giver. Lord, bless their gifts and bless the giver in the name of Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, arise on their behalf and provide for every need of theirs in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I trust you to do more. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Let's close the service house with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the seed of your word sown. Let it bring forth much harvest in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Let's share the grace in fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen.